Justin Joseph Hall, owner of Four Wind Films. This is Feature in a Short, which is a monthly screening hosted by Four Wind Films, where an appointed contributor presents their chosen motion picture and a short movie. There is only one condition for the screening selection. The presenter must have been directly involved with one picture, but not the other. This week, our presenter is Mac Williams, a director and animator who is currently working on our cartoon president, Mac is the most gracious and easy person to work with, who always finds a solution and makes your product better than you thought it could be. Yeah, I'm I'm Mac. I like your shoes. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of a weird situation. It's like I went to school to study and studied animation, and then I immediately got a job out of college being an animator, and then I've done that ever since. So I'm very weird in that way. I started out... Uh, I worked for a show on Adult Swim called uh, Sea Lab 2021. And then we worked on a show called Frisky Dingo for Adult Swim. And then I was on the creative team that developed uh, Archer. And then I directed the first season of Archer. Archer started in a house that was about twice as big as the apartment we're in right now. And there was like six of us that made the pilot. Uh, and then I moved to New York and became a freelancer. So is your background in animation, or is it just like in production, but you ended up in animation? I've done a little bit of like live action production here and there, um, but my background is almost totally like comedy, adult-oriented animation. And then when I moved to New York, I actually ended up doing like tons and tons of motion graphics and things like that, just because that's what the freelance market here is more like. Animation in New York is actually, there's a lot of preschool shows here, and there's a few like comedy shows, but it's all in LA mostly, and then Atlanta. Archers. Archers in Atlanta, yep. Are you from, from Atlanta? Or yeah, you? I'm from Georgia. I grew up about four hours south of Atlanta. Oh, okay. All right. You should go sign my petition because it's got a lot of signatures, like 50,000 signatures. It's to add Outcast riding in a Cadillac next to the Confederate generals. It's like I strive to bring balance to the force. But, but yeah, no, or, or or destroy it, or destroy it. It's fine with me too. Also, yeah. Mac brought a short film he did a while back for Pitchfork uh, in a series called Frames, where they interviewed a few artists. The particular picture that he brought was an interview of Freddie Gibbs, and it's entitled Michael Jackson's Return to Gary, Indiana. I did a series of uh, shorts for Pitchfork, the music website, and uh, all of them are uh, mostly storytelling shorts where a musical artist comes on and tells a brief funny story about something that happened to them. And this is just like an animated version of this. And this one is uh, the rapper Freddie Gibbs. He's talking about, um, he's from Gary, Indiana, which is the hometown of the Jackson 5, and Michael Jackson grew up there. Uh, And so this is a story about a time that Michael Jackson came back to Gary, Indiana to visit. And this was a huge, huge event in the community. The storytelling animated thing, like that's like a real go-to quick content idea that you can see on like tons of websites. And so Pitchfork was getting into that. And so when I'm directing shorts like this, I usually have a hand in a little bit of all of it, but then I, you know, I try to hire freelancers who are better than me at their given task so that it improves the total product. They always provided me the audio uh, first. Like there was never a written version. I would just edit it 
further without telling them usually and because I would like cut it unnoticeably tighter like to them but uh, it was like saving me 20 seconds of animation or something and they just like doing with hip-hop artists better because they felt like hip-hop artists told better stories and based on the ones they did I think that's unquestionably true <laughs> like I did one with Danny Brown that's really really funny and I did one with the Jizza, which was more about like the birth of hip hop in the Bronx. So that one was really interesting. Actually, if you go on YouTube, my username is Mac Like a Truck, and I have a playlist with all of them. But I sent Justin a few of them to pick which one he liked the best because they all are kind of special to me. These are like my very favorite things I've worked on, I think, because I got to do them not by myself, but like I was coming into my own as a director where I wasn't really supervised by anyone because um, the guy who produced all these is a guy named RJ Bentler, who actually isn't with Pitchfork any longer, but he was sort of their head of video. And he's one of my very favorite people I've ever been fortunate enough to work with. But anyway, they paid for me to go to Sundance and like show my short that I made. It was sponsored by Dell, so I had to make it on a Dell computer. <laughs> and I'm a hardcore Apple guy. Then I got to show my short that I made and like give a brief presentation about how cool it was I made it on a Dell computer. <laughs> um, and then I got to keep the computer and I gave it, I gave it to my sister. <laughs> so I had a really, really great run with Pitchfork. I don't know if, when I'll get to do those again. What do you actually, like, when you go into and you get the audio for everything? After I listened to it, I would think about what I, what I wanted to do, and then I'd have a conversation with RJ, the producer, and talk about, like, what he kind of was already thinking about, because he had really great ideas also, and so a lot of times he would kind of steer my direction. But one of the things, especially I did a run of, like, three or four, and if you look at them visually, they're all very different. They look very different, and that was intentional because felt like this was an opportunity for me to really come into my own as a director and I wanted them to all to look different and to be animated in a different way or different style so that I could like well two things one so I could show what I could do but also so I could play around and see what I like to do I think I sent you one that was Danny Brown and that one's just like a straight-up parody of Hanna-Barbera cartoons with like where the characters are all cats and dogs and stuff and uh, it was it was like a parody of Top Cat which was a very terrible Hanna-Barbera cartoon it was like a third-rate Snagglepuss-type character. I'm kind of throwing Top Cat shade, but that's fine. Um, and then I did one where with Waka Flock of Flame that was a parody of like the old Peanuts animated specials. Um, and then like you saw the Melvins one, which was you know just black and white, more like it was the idea of it was like it's written. It was like doodles on your school paper in high school was sort of like my aesthetic idea for that one. And they all, and like the Freddie Gibbs one, it looks different than all those ones I just mentioned. Um, and that was, that was intentional and that was very much, RJ was very, very supportive of like me doing things that look different. We watched Michael Jackson's return to Gary, Indiana, and then we had a quick discussion. Like your animation is, is fun. It's not natural world movements. It's, mm -hmm. it's a little cartoony and it's always like, like ha sort of has a joke in just the, just the movements that they mm -hmm. have. What makes you steer away a little bit from realism? Oh. And what makes you go more towards it? I have a very good answer for why I avoid doing more animation like what you're talking about, and it's, and it's talent. It's that I would be really shitty at it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, my, my, everything you guys saw that I did is, is all done in uh, After Effects, and there's some traditional like 2D frame-by-frame -frame animation in there, but very little. For the most part, I do what's called limited animation, which means that um, I'm trying to do things on a low budget, 
quick turnaround quickly and get the most I can out of like the fewest number of drawings that I have to make. Um, and that's sort of what I started my career doing because C-Lab was totally in After Effects, Frisky Dingo is totally in After Effects. Archer now is like four different types of software that they put all together. But when we started, it was just After Effects. Um, on our cartoon president now that I'm working on directing, we actually have quite a lot of traditional 2D animated uh, stuff, but it's mostly um, uh, hand gestures and more brief actions. The reason we are able to use more hand-drawn animation is we have tons and tons of super amazing, talented animators that work with us. 14 now? If you're talking about like like Rick and Morty or something like that, where they ship the animation overseas to Canada or to Korea or something like that, like, I mean, it's, I don't know, dozens and dozens of, of traditional hand-drawn animators. But uh, for, for me and the shows that I've worked on, which are limited, to have 14, that's like amazing. You know, 12, you're drawing 12 frames a second or 24 in some cases. Um, our shows, we do it at 12. All the Looney Tunes and stuff that you watched as a kid, like those are all 12 frames a second. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people do stuff on like uh, threes or fours. Like we call it on like, like we say on two, on twos means like every two frames of 24, there's yeah. some motion. Depending on what you're doing, you do stuff on threes, do stuff on fours. And also that's like if you were doing like a really low budget independent short that you wanted to do it at, uh, you know, eight frames a second or whatever, it still look really fucking cool if you did it well. It yeah. doesn't, animation's very, very forgiving in that way. It's absolutely a stylistic yeah. choice. Um, the first season of Cartoon President, a lot of it is on 24 frames because we're using this new software that re didn't really play well with 12 frames. Um, but now we've, we've kind of got it figured out and all the character stuff is 12 frames. As far as I know, the, uh, the Cartoon President thing started on uh, Colbert's mm -hmm. show yep. with the night one. This new piece of software, Adobe Character Animator came out and they got the idea somehow, hey, let's do an interview with an actual cartoon character because the whole idea behind uh, Character Animator is to do you can do like live streaming animation. You build the puppets and then you sit in from a, we a webcam and animate the puppet that way. And you can make it do certain things. You preset animations. And so they started doing uh, that on The Late Show and Colbert was interviewing Cartoon Trump. And then at some point, someone uh, said, well, what if we made this into its own show? And uh, Tim was like, no, that's impossible. We can't do that. Uh, and they were like, too late. We just sold it to Showtime. <laughs> and uh, so then I was brought in with, uh, by Tim with another director, Steve Connor, uh, art director, Kirill Uretsky, and a whole bunch of other people to figure out how to make a half-hour animated show in 11 weeks with this brand-new piece of software no one's ever used before. <laughs> And we were like, you guys have Slack, like you guys like Slack. Yeah. So we had like, we, yeah. So we're we're we're. I'm like in a Slack channel, literally chatting with like the people who invented Adobe After Effects, who also invented this <laughs> software, and telling them like what's wrong with their software and what features we need. We would run into issues with the software where we're trying to do something and it just won't do it. And like we can tell them about these things and they'll be like, okay, well, hold on. We just wrote a script that does all of that for you with a push of a button. Yeah. Okay, now, okay, there's a bug that does this. Okay, well, give us two days. All right, now the bug is fixed and it doesn't do that anymore. Adobe wants to be associated with hit shows. It's a mutually beneficial relationship for sure. I guess the other question is like, what do you see as a trope 
that gets annoying when you see other people do because you say that. Um, I don't know that there's anything in particular that annoys me. I will say that. Um, let's say you're animating a series like I'm on now, like our cartoon president. Well, the cartoon president lives in the White House and he works in the Oval Office and we get to reuse those backgrounds every episode. And we reuse all the gestures and the facial expressions he does every episode. When you're doing a series of these storytelling things, every single bit of it is brand new and used only once every time you do this. And so... Guess what? It costs more per episode yeah. than like a ten episode animated series about the same characters would cost per episode. But you also do the the video editing afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you do the animations, and I assume that they're they have handles on them, and then you edit it a little bit. In animation, it's very expensive. If you want to add two second handles to every single shot, that can add up to a lot of work and time. So you really do your editing in the animatic stage. So you have a storyboard, you cut that storyboard to the audio. In an ideal world, although I've rarely ever worked on a project where it worked out this way, that's where you lock lock your edit. Um, lock. lock. Um, I'm making quote fingers for the podcast audience. Certainly there are sometimes more edits made, but usually like it's what it is by that point. Max's second film that he brought was uh, his favorite film, which is What About Bob? Uh, one of the most iconic performances by Bill Murray in his entire career. It is really goofy, and they used to play it on television all the time. This is 100%. This is legit, not a joke, my very favorite movie. And it's because I've watched it innumerable times on TBS as a kid, <laughs> seriously. Like me and my friend Joey in um, middle school and like high school, like I don't even know how many times I've watched this movie. Coincidentally, the two films that Mac brought featured the same food, which was fried chicken. So while we were showing What About Bob, we brought out fried chicken, corn on the cob, and mashed potatoes for everybody to enjoy. Um, This was the first time that there was no alcohol served in either of the films shown on Feature in a Short, but we had libations around anyway. After the viewing, there was a small discussion on Bill Murray versus Richard Dreyfuss. It's one of the few Bill Murray movies where Bill Murray is not the most funny person in the movie. In my opinion... You don't think so? Richard Dreyfus. This is Richard Dreyfus's finest performance. I... Uh, tell us what I tell you the other day. saying it's terrible. No, I love it. It's so, He's so over the top. Everything about Richard Dreyfus in this movie is so ridiculously over the top and outrageous, and I love it. After the discussion, got pretty lively, and... Um, Called it a night. Showtime rules. HBO sucks. <laughs> Showtime rules. HBO sucks. Showtime forever. Showtime rules. Um, now it's built on your TV. Thank you for listening to Future in a Short. Uh, we have a great guest for you again next month. If you have any comments and want to write us or figure out how to um, come to a live taping of the show, just hit us up on social media, and that is at Four Wind Films. That is F O U R W I N D F I L M S. We'll speak to you again shortly. Peace.